Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bernie's Bums, brought to you by Green City Central. I am your host, Olivia. With me, as always, we got Ryan hopping on. How's it going, man? Honestly, I'm pretty surprised that you woke up this early to do this podcast. Dude, it is 11 o'clock right now. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that much of a bum. Tuesday, August 18th. It is 10.53 a.m. And honestly, Olivia is awake. Um, I've done usually more. Usually she's not getting. I've my done more this morning than not, you've done this morning. So, What have you done? I got up. I worked out. I ate two breakfasts. Nice. Nice. Ate my breakfast before <laughs> my workout and the breakfast after my workout. Okay, don't come after me. You know what? Before we started recording, I was telling Olivia, you know, she's in the process of finding a college. I I told her when I was in that process, I was working out a ton. I went to college, gained about 30 pounds, had to lose 20 pounds. So I'm just giving her a it little really bit of hope. Well, really a little gave me a lot of hope. Really gave me a lot of hope. I'll look into the future because... Well, like I said, I was working out a lot. Now I'm 22 and I already have a dad bod. Yeah, you know, you're just the example that I like. don't want to be like. Okay. So thank you for that. Easy. I'm a good person, though. Yeah, I'm just saying. I Easy. plan to work out through college. I'm, <laughs> oh, no, it, it'll stop. I highly doubt it. Really? Like. Yeah, I like to work out. Mm-hmm. That's what they all say. And then college it, just sucks okay, the life Ryan, out of you. I don't. I don't wake up at 8.30 for anything, <laughs> like anything, and I woke no. up at 8.30 to work out, so. Most days for work, I have to wake up at 4 a.m., so, you know Okay, what? cry it's... me a river, cry me a river. Not all of us have the luxury of time to just work out and get the amount of sleep that we need. Can we, can we just talk baseball? Because it's been a good week, like, what are we doing? Yeah, so the series that happened last time we talked, uh, the Brewers had a three-game series against the Twins and a four-game series against the Cubs. I would say are you overall... Just, are you just going to completely neglect the first part of the episode covering the news of the week? Oh, yeah. Well, Olivia made this outline, and she wants me to stick to the outline now, so we, it's we can in go it. with her path. Okay, it's in an optimal order. It's news from the week, the series coming up, and the series in the past, and then topics from the past week. All right, it I got makes excited. sense. I, I came in prepared and I got excited. You want okay. you can start. Go with the okay. news. Yeah, I will chime in and then we can news. talk about the games because okay. that's the part that I like. All right. Luis Arias has finally made it to the team after a long and treacherous road. Monday, he was finally. Um, brought up on the roster, and of course it happened a half hour after we recorded, as per usual. Um, and with that, Logan Morrison was optioned, and then he elected free agency. Um, our top 30 prospect list came out for 2020. That was, I mean, nobody's really paying attention to prospects anymore this year. I feel like everybody's like, what's a prospect? Yeah, there's a little bit too much going on for us to be into prospects. Plus, they're not really playing, are they? No, I mean... Maybe one or two, maybe, you know, depending if they're down in Appleton. So the top five for the Brewers at number five, outfielder Tristan Lutz. Um, do you have much to say about Tristan? No. <laughs> All right, moving on. Number four, we got Mario Fliciano. We've talked um, about him before a lot. Yeah, I mean, I like having a catcher that high in the prospect rankings. I mean, 
catchers, I feel like, are a very hard position, much like shortstops. It's a hard position to find. So, you know, as we've talked about, we have two very good catchers in the system, so that bodes well for our future, you know, behind the backstop. Uh, number three, lefty Ethan Small. I, know I love talked, that kid. I know. I know we've talked about him a little bit. You know, he's kind of like the projects to be a little bit of a off-speed Kyle Hendricks lefty type. So I'm excited about that. Number two, um, this might come as a surprise, but he used to be our number one prospect, and now he's number two. It's Bryce Terang. Um, he has moved to second place in place of our first place guy who was the number one first round pick for the Brewers this year, and that was Garrett Mitchell. Yeah, and also <laughs> people that we've all talked to on the podcast made it on the top 30. Uh, Peyton Henry coming in at 17, Max Lazar coming in at 28, and as well as Clayton Andrews at 29. So that's pretty dope. I love, you know how we feel, like I love Clayton Andrews being recognized as one of the top prospects in the system. I mean, oh yeah, we love him. That over guy here. has, the, he has a lot. We has he has a lot going against him. You know, with his height, you know, he doesn't throw that hard as a pitcher, but dude works his ass off, and it's showing. Yeah, absolutely. And moving on, we'll get through the news quick because Ryan, I can tell, is getting a little antsy over there. Um, Lauer was sent down to the alternate training site after a lot of struggles. Um, so hopefully, he can figure it out down there. More on the Plesak and Clevenger uh, story issues. I found this interesting. So they were both sent to the alternate training site. Uh, for those of you who remember, they both broke protocol. They ended up breaking the uh, curfew. And so the interesting part about it is if Clevenger is down at the alternate training site for 16 or more days, he'll miss his service time requirements, then making him a super two for arbitration. So I wouldn't be shocked if you see him down there for exactly 16 days because every day this year is worth 2.7 days of service time. Just a fun little factoid there. Yeah, I don't follow any of that stuff. Well, I do, though. In the final MLB news, I kind of want to talk about Fernando Tatis and what happened last night. Yeah, this was something I can't even believe that this is a topic that needs to be discussed. So, in case you missed it, essentially, the Padres were kicking the shit out of the Rangers. I think it was, what, 10-2? They were um, up was, by 7, I believe, so it might have been 10-3. Okay, either way, it was bases loaded, 3-0 count, Fernando Tatis was up to bat, and I didn't even know this was an unwritten rule, but it was 3-0, a pitch came right down the middle, Tatis took a big daddy hack at it, put it out, and apparently the Rangers and even the Padres manager took offense to that. My thing is, like, maybe it's an unwritten rule in, like, Little League, but also, like, I'm under the understanding of these guys are all competitors, and if they're going to get a pitch to hit, they're going to hit it. There shouldn't be any questions about it. Like, he threw a... First of all, the pitcher loaded the bases to begin with, and then, then pitched him three balls, and then pitched him, like, a fastball right down the middle. So, like, these guys are all competitors. You can't ask him not to swing at that. Well, these guys get paid for the stats that are on the back of their baseball card. So why would a guy like Tatis take an at-bat off to feel bad for a pitcher that is a professional pitcher who can't find the strike zone? Yeah, that's like, it's like they're talking about the mercy rule that you we all had in Little League. Like, no, this is Major League Baseball. This is real money. This is real. Yeah, 
crazier things have happened. Like teams have come back from big deficits. Like if that was my guy, I'm saying swing at every 3-0 pitch. If you see it and you can hit that ball, like if you can get a hit, take a swing. I don't care what the score is. Yeah, and it's also like the competitor's mindset of like, I'm going to hit any pitch that's close. Like you can't you can't expect a player like mid at bat, you can't expect him to be like, "Oh, I'm not going to swing at this fastball that's coming right down the middle of the plate that I know any other day I can hit out of the ballpark, but I'm not going to swing at it because I'd feel bad for the other team." But what like no, that's not off, a it's not a competitor's mindset. What pissed me off the most was how Tatis issued an apology because of what his the Padres manager said. Like, Tatis had to apologize for being a stud. He had to apologize for being better than the opposing pitcher. Yeah, that pisses me off. I wonder how much, though, in, like influence that came from the manager, though. Like, how much the manager was pushing for that. Oh, probably a lot. Yeah, so I don't think he would have done it by himself. No, Tatis seems like the guy that, I mean, he's better than you, and he doesn't feel bad about it, like... Sorry. I mean, he's the front runner for the MVP right now. I mean, I love watching the kid. He's great for baseball. And then these some of these unwritten rules, like I get it, but like that one makes no sense to me and it shouldn't be a thing. Like don't load the bases. Don't put Tatis in a 3-0 count. If you don't want him to hit a grand slam, intentional walk him. Do something else. Yeah. You know, I, I, I there are there are many other unwritten rules of baseball that should be followed more and that need to be followed more than that one. I don't even know why that's even considered an unwritten rule of baseball. Yeah, it's because Rob Manfred, the old man, is in charge of the league, so. He's soft. Anyway. <laughs> going to the series review. Um, Going all the way back to, what was it, last the Monday? The 10th. Yeah, I believe it's the 10th. Um, the first game of the Brewers versus Twins series. Unfortunately, Brewers lost that one. Yeah, it was a big four-run third inning that made the difference in the game. Yeah, you know, we've, we've been seeing a lot of that, though, I feel like. So it's well, not that out of the box. Eddie Rosario hit a grand slam, and that was just the difference in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, besides that one grand slam, though, Adrian Hauser started that game, and he pitched pretty well. And what yeah. actually, what I liked more, what I saw more in that game was Peralta came in relief. Pitched four innings, struck out eight guys, no runs, only one walk. So, yeah, that's huge. Even in a even in a loss, you can still take out some positives. Yeah, absolutely. And that was also Luis Arias's first game as a Brewer, and he went one for four. And the, both RBIs came from Orlando Arcia and Keston Hira. So, yeah, love it. First hit as a Brewer. Gotta yeah, love it. That was great. I was so excited. First of many. Yeah. This we'll talk about later. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about him more throughout the episode. Um, Game two of the series, Brewers also... Oh, no, Brewers won that one. Yes, we did. Um, They won 6-4. to That game, that one was awesome because, you know, Evacio Garcia up to that point was really struggling. Craig Council says, you know what? Let's get this guy going. Let's put him in the leadoff spot, even though he's let off like 11 times in his career. Not even, I don't think. But... You know, first at bat, first pitch, I think, of ASU Garcia puts it out. You're thinking of the wrong game. Wait, maybe not. 
Maybe not. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I'm look. I was looking at Wednesdays. Sorry. Get out of here. I'm sorry. Are you serious right now? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. Olivia, was... I'm coming in. I'm coming in hot, spitting facts, spitting game notes, and you're out here like trying to mess me up. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Either way, Craig Council looked like a genius in that game. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up genius. Uh, Manny Pena in that game also hit two homers. Apparently, he's just, like, the best catcher in the league now. Yeah, he's turning in. Yeah, no doubt. It's like Uh, him and JT Real Muto. Right. Also, Lindblom was the one who pitched. He allowed four earned runs in four innings. But another big thing, bullpen coming in clutch, dropped five scoreless innings that night, which obviously led the Brewers to the win that night. So that was also um, big from the bullpen. And we'll also get into more details about the bullpen later as well. Josh Hader came in with his usual three strikeout save. Yeah. Love that guy. Oh man. Um, we game could... three. Game three of that series against the Twins was a rough one. Yeah. I you... yeah. I remember last episode we talked about how Lauer was gonna bounce back. I know, we were so this. excited. Um he got rocked. Yeah. I mean, Five runs then... second inning. Then yeah, Grimm also gave up then... four runs. Justin Gr- Grimm came in relief. He got rocked. I think it's time yeah. to give up on him. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, <laughs> I think he's like someone you keep in the bullpen for like games like this where you know you're kind of giving up and you just need a pitcher out there. This was also a night, I forgot to write it in the outline, but um, Jed Jerko made his uh, pitching debut as a Milwaukee Brewer as well. Oh, yeah, Jed Jerko. He did all right, though, right? I didn't watch this game. I was busy that night. I mean, I don't think I missed much, but... Like, average platoon player, average name in the league than Jed Jerko. You know what I heard the other day? This is, like, I think my favorite thing to describe Jed Jerko is that he looks like everyone's dad. He does. Yeah. Like, what? I don't know. This guy, like, what is he good at? But he's an MLB player, and he's played a long career. Like, the thing is, is he's not great at anything. He's just good enough at everything to, like, keep him around. Yeah, prototypical Brewers player. Hey, if it's working, it's working, man. He would have been a starter in, like, 2007. <laughs> anyway. Um, after the along. twin series, you know, Brewers lost the series 1-2. to two. They went to Chicago. Um, game one against the Cubs, Yu Darvish. Apparently, Cy Young winner Yu Darvish was came, right. came to play. Uh, he pitched a gem. Seven innings, one hit, one earned run, 11 Ks. I mean, if it wasn't for Justin Smoke, I think he would have thrown a no-hitter. Absolutely, yeah. And Brad Anderson was our pitcher on the side, went 4.1, giving up two runs. And again, the bullpen came in, Burns finished the game, giving up two as well. But also very important, you only, you only use two pitchers, so not that big well, of a deal. I think, I think Brad Anderson pitched fine. Like I think yeah. he had moments where he looked good, and then he had you know moments of control issues. But, you know, there's, again, some solid things to look at in that start. And Corbin Burns, you know. He did the Corbin Burns thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving along. Lost Friday. four to two. Yep. Friday. We win. Woo. Yeah. Put the yeah, Cubs the in. To give a crew a 4-3 lead in the sixth. Yeah. Did you hear the story behind the gum? Did you hear that? No. What was the story behind the gum? So he was DHing that night and he was down in the cage and he apparently his mind was sucking, but he was doing fine the last couple of games. He's like... I'm sucking so bad. I'm going to put a piece of gum in my mouth so I can distract myself from sucking. 
And then that at-bat went out with a piece of gum in his mouth, hit the home run. But then the next at-bat, he tried the gum again and then started out 3-0 and then struck out. So I don't think the gum's here to last, but it worked. It worked Works for, for the, the time that we needed. Yeah. Woodruff also went 4.1, giving up three runs. Bullpen, once again, putting up a big old donut. Real quick, not just the bullpen, but Freddie Peralta. Hell yeah, brother. Last nine innings for Peralta, zero earned runs, 19 Ks. 19? Zero earned runs, 19 Ks in his last nine innings. Crazy. He is on a tear, and this is the Peralta. And, like, I'm pretty sure all this has come out of the bullpen, right? Yeah, but I feel like one like the thing is like once we put him in a starting role, he falls apart. Yeah, but which is so weird. Okay, but at that point, if he's pitching this good as a relief pitcher, just keep him as a relief pitcher. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no I, doubt. I am just fine with that. Like, you know that that's the thing that I love about Peralta. Why I always come back to him is because you know stretches like these aren't a fluke. Absolutely not. But you know, Josh Hader again closes. Yeah, the but door. that one all gave us a heart attack. Like. You can't lie that you had a mini heart attack, though, during that save. Well, yeah, but 3K performance, you know, he always comes back to... Yeah, and another thing about that game that is abnormal for us is we got the lead first, which was... <laughs> never happens. No, never. <laughs> just as... <laughs> it's not just interesting. Like... No. We're the comeback people. We're the comeback crew, so why not get get in the lead right away? No yeah, fun that one. You know, we won 4-3... to three. Next game, Adrian Hauser was the starter. Another solid start. You know, that's kind of what I expect out of Hauser at this point. Yeah, three earned um, runs. Extra Brent, innings. Yep, yeah, well, Brent Suter came in relief, pitched good in relief. You know, he started out the season a little shaky, and now he's definitely bounced back. Um, I know you love to see it. I love to see it. We all love to see it. Um, And then... Your boy, Luis Urias, carried the offense as well as Avaciel Garcia that game. Yeah, the uh, guy at second kind of helped us out there. Well, I mean, kind of. Well, I mean, it, you know, got us the lead and eventually drove in the other run, so. Yep. Game four, you know, game three was another win for the Brewers. Six game to five. Four, game four, the middle of the infield, well, not middle. I don't know. Like, I guess the whole infield played well. Like, Keston Hira played great. Orlando Arcia played great. Luis Urias, again, played great. Um, Did you say Arcia? Sorry, I kind of zoned out there for a second. Yeah, thanks. Um, okay. Yeah, I said Arcia. <laughs> okay, just making sure. Um, You know, Josh Lindblom struggled yet again. Um, He's still striking people out, so I don't know what to make of him at this point. Well, I think the biggest thing that was a positive that I took away from his start was he was able to bounce back, and the things that really killed him, I think that ended up being four runs, were hits bat- hit batsmen and walks. So that's definitely something that he needs to take a look at and obviously dial down a bit because I think four of those runs were due to that. Well, yeah, I mean, he did struggle. His first inning was bad, and then he settled in, so that's pretty good to see. You know, he kept them in the game long enough to win, so. Yeah, that's all you got, yeah, that's all you got to ask for. But, like, just, I mean, Luis Urias and Orlando Arcia, who would have thought at this point those would be the guys carrying the team? Right, who would have thunk that one? Yeah, I mean, I it. did. I did, but we won't. Not <laughs> Arcia. No way, not Arcia. 
Yeah, uh, the end of spring training, though, I was pretty optimistic. Okay, but who wasn't? I mean, <laughs> the dude very hit, true. like, 500 with 80 homers in spring training. Very true, very true. I'll give but, that like, one. I don't know. Who doesn't love to see Arcia hitting the way he's hitting right now? Yeah. All right, should we move in? Series preview. We got the off day on Monday. Tonight, starting out game one against the Twins in Minnesota. We got Maeda versus Burns. Burns is making his start again, moving out of the bullpen. Should be very interesting. We'll see see what comes of that. Yeah, I'm hoping we can kind of redeem ourselves. I mean, the Twins are a great team. I mean, they are a very tough team. So, you know, the Brewers are – I feel like they've been winning close games. They've been hitting the ball. Like, they're on a hot streak, I'd say, a little bit right now. Heck, yeah. And we we also put the Cubs in their tracks. I think the Cubs right now – are 13 and 6 I believe and we've handed them four of their losses. So that's pretty huge um to be able to stop them pretty much right in their track. I yeah, forgot to I mean, add that. I think right now what are we like 10 and 10? Yeah, we're at 500. I mean, that's kind of right where you want to be. This season's a third of the way over. So I feel like now is the time if you're going to hit a hot streak, you need to hit it now. Yeah, and, no question about it. I mean, to stay around 500 for the first part of the season is good, but it's about that time now. Yeah, about the time to break out. Uh, game two, the Twins are still to be determined, and we will send out Brett Anderson on the mound. For game three, it'll be Barrios versus Woodruff. I mean, Rounding it out. What are we looking at with Barrios? I have no idea. <laughs> All right, come on, Olivia. How are we going to do a I'm, preview if we don't I'm know the other person? I'm sorry. It was... 11.30 last night when I was putting that in, and I, like I was how, not in the mood. I like how I blame you for not knowing Jose right? Barrios, but I don't know him either. You know nothing. All right, so this season, I'm just looking at the quick uh, baseball reference. I mean, he's a two-time All-Star, 2018, 2019. Um, this season, he's pitched in five games, has a 5.92 ERA in 24 innings. Um, he's walking a lot of guys. If we're just doing a quick look through the stats, uh, he's walking a lot of guys. Striking out about a guy in inning. Uh, yeah, he's got a whip of 1.6. So Reasonable. We got this. Yeah, I mean, he's struggling. So it's a good time to have him go up against Woodruff. Yeah. And then for the Pirates, we do also travel to Pittsburgh, and all matchups are yet to be determined. I... You know what? If we're gonna I'm get so excited sweep, to play the Pirates. First sweep of the season is coming against the Pirates. Yeah, they've won like four games. I'm, I'm so calling excited. it now. But if we can take if we can take two games against the Twins this time, and then we can sweep the Pirates. I mean, that is a that that will help us. That will put us in. I mean, depending on what the Cubs do, but that'll be make us the front runners in the NL Central. Yeah, it's all about winning series. Um, I feel like just in general, just win the series. Well, yeah, two for I mean, three. I'm not scared. Split a four of, gamer. I'm not scared of the pirates. No, I don't think anybody is. I don't I think mean, anybody but the pirates are scared. No, like the pirates <laughs> players are scared of the pirates. Yeah, they're petrified. Like, <laughs> they like look man- in the mirror and they're like, "Oh shit." <laughs> they absolutely have the worst management in baseball. Just everything overall in baseball, they, they just suck. All right, easy. I was. I'm sorry I didn't realize you became a Pirates fan that quick. Jeez. Well. Okay. Yeah, actually, I don't know if I can name five players in the Pirates. Should we try it? Go ahead. 
All right, so Starling Marte is on the Diamondbacks. <laughs> that takes the big <laughs> one out. Josh Bell, that's one. Yeah. Um, shoot. Uh, I think his name is something. It's something Rodriguez out of the bullpen. He's like their setup guy. So that counts as two. One and a half, two. Um, shoot. This is actually way tougher than I thought it was going to be. Do they still have Josh Hosang? You are asking the wrong person. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am avoiding this like the plague because um, I can't even name two. So. I'm trying to. They have a couple of decent young pitchers that I probably should know, but I just don't. Yeah. All right. I'm. Can we like? Can we? Yeah. Just. What? Can we just like be done with this. Like we don't know. But the thing is, is like, why would we care? Because. Well, I feel like we should know. I mean, we're a Brewer podcast. Shouldn't we know a little bit more about the teams that we play most of the time? Yeah, but I feel like when we like, do we like when we play the Pirates? Like, is it really whatever? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Cole Tucker. Oh, I forget about him. Yep. See, now I got the roster up. See these names? I know. It's just oh I yeah. Pull them out. I of, can't. Yeah. I couldn't pull them out of my ass. <laughs> right. Chris Archer. He's still with the Pirates. I yeah, thought he's he. Hurt. Oh, that's why. Gregory Polanco, he's been yep. on the team forever. Yeah, he has been. Oh, Mitch Keller, that's the pitcher I was thinking of. Yep. And Joe Musgrove. Yep. All right, those are the only players that you need to know. Yep. All right, moving on. Should we talk about the bullpen first or the bottom of the order first? Which one do you want to go with? Mm, let's do some bullpen. All right. Bullpen has been light out. I, uh, Josh Hader, Devin Williams, Alex Claudio... Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Corey Knable, David Phelps, and Eric Yardley all lead the charge. I'm so excited. All definitely lead the, the strength charge. of the ballpark. <laughs> definitely the it's strength like of the ballpark. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, going into the season, I think we did expect the bullpen to kind of be the leaders of the team, right? Yeah, and one player who is, I knew he was good, but I didn't think he'd be this good. Devin Williams has definitely, I think, yeah, shocked where everyone. Where come from? He um he came up last year and was kind of up and down last year. Um he has great potential. Obviously, and we're seeing it, so I don't I don't know why I even said that. He's been great. The Claudio and Yardley duo has been fantastic. David Phelps, I feel like, is one of those players that like Brewer fans don't know where he was last year or how we got him, but like we're just happy we do have him. Right. Yeah, Devin Williams right now, he's pitched in 8.2 innings, 17 strikeouts, only one earned run. Yeah, he's been insane. And then Yardley, wasn't he a uh, off-season pickup? Yeah, I couldn't even tell you where we got him. <laughs> I mean, so completely honest. Yardley like, I don't know where we got him. In 9.1 innings, he has given up one run, struck out eight. Uh, I'm trying to find out where we got him from. I no, not the Yankees. That was um selected off Heisen. Was he the, Padres? Yep, Padres. Yep, okay. Now it's now it's coming back. Where did Phelps come from? Do you want to do a quick uh Phelps? I wanna say he came from the Phillies. But I'm looking it up right now. Last season oh, last season he pitched for Toronto and Chicago. The Cubs. What okay, I was gonna say what Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, so we got him. Ooh, yeah, the Cubs dropped him, and you know, shock. They dropped him, and then we signed him. So sounds like us. 
Yeah, Phelps in 8.2 innings, one earned run, 13 strikeouts. I mean. Yeah, and it's safe to say, I mean, they've kept us in so many games by keeping run one run leads. My Lanta. I mean, we've seen it even just going over the past week games. I mean, there's been a lot of one run games. They've kept us in it. And, you know, it, it, shout out, I'm always going to go to Council because he's a genius, as we talked about earlier. He's constantly pushing all the right buttons for the most part. Uh, when it comes to the pens, getting putting good matchups together, um, knowing how long a guy needs to go, um, just big everywhere. And, like, I feel like, you know, our bullpen's doing great, and I feel like we're not even using Hater as much as we could. Yeah, and I think, you know, Counts even talked about that they're maybe going to hold back on a lot of his multi-inning appearances and keep it more to one inning. Yeah, so, it looks like they're really using him as the closer. Like, the save situation, they're putting him in every single time. Yeah, and I mean, there's no reason. I mean, when the bullpen is carrying themselves as they are, we don't need Hater to go two or three innings See, every couple would, of days. I would rather have him pitch two days in a row, one inning each, than, say, on a Friday, pitch two innings, and then Saturday he can't go. So Yeah, especially, like, and that's the thing, if there's such a comfort level with the way the bullpen has been doing it, where it's like, yeah, we don't necessarily need him in those um, appearances. Also, another big thing, too, to touch on, because uh, we talked about it with Freddie Peralta, is the piggyback starts have been very successful and not even just, you know, wins and losses, but just saving pitchers and saving the bullpen um, for games. Like, I don't think we've really had many games where we've been stretched for pitchers um, so far this year where, like, they're, like most of our bullpen is, like, can't be used and we're an issue. Like, so that was a very... Yeah, I mean, I think, like, by definition, a quality start in the league is six innings, three earned runs or less. For the Brewers, I think it just goes four innings, three earned runs or less. Yeah, like, we don't need them to go six or seven innings if the bullpen continues to be a force like this. Like, there's no need for it. There's really no reason to not expect them to continue being a force. Exactly. I mean, because even if one guy starts to struggle or, you know, start giving up some runs, like, we have seven other guys that are hot. I know, I was just about to say that. Like, literally, like, our whole list of our bullpen who's been in the back end, it's like, if, like... Bert or if uh, Knable goes down and is like struggling, you have like eight other guys that's gonna like carry him. So it's no big yeah, it's deal. Like, oh, Knable's down. All right, Devin Williams. Here right. Go. Strike out two people every inning. Yeah. No, it's been crazy. Yeah. And then you know, bottom of the lineup. Luis. What's going on, Olivia? Urias has arrived. I <laughs> can't be more thrilled, dude. I wonder. I, was... I wonder who called that. I think it was me. No. Absolutely not. No, I think it was. No. Okay, can I, I, I literally have insert Olivia rant here, so I'm going to go on a quick rant here. Um, <laughs> if you tune it out, that's fine. I know you will, but I'm just going to I'm just going to start it. talking. Well, that would be very rude of you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm in control here. That's very true. You are in control. Who knows? Maybe I just won't post it then if you cut it. So. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. That'd be Ooh. a gigantic waste of both of our times, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right, All let's right. hear it. Luis Urias. I, like, from the day we got him and from the day that I, like, looked into him and kind of gave an analysis, I knew for being a young player and coming up in the generation of baseball that he was different from the fact of his, like, just the tools that he has. He has a great eye at the plate. Um, just his foundation is great. I know Council was talking about it where – 
He knows when to pull pitches. He knows when to drive them into the opposite field. He knows what he can hit. And he has a great foundation that, you know, the time's going to come where he's going to need to make adjustments. It's a game of adjustments. And when the time does come, he'll be set because he does have a solid foundation and he knows how his swing works. He knows, you know, kind of how pitches work. And he has a great eye, like I said earlier. Just a great young guy that for sure, like, is under control for a very long time from the Brewers. So we get to keep him around a while. I just also, I think, too, he's creating a lot of competition for Arcia. You know, we'll talk about him in a second. But, you know, we've never seen Orlando hit like this. He looks like a completely different person at the plate. And I think having Arias kind of being around as kind of the guy who may take your job, I feel like has also helped out Arcia a bit. So, okay. So I digress. Is it safe to say you're a fan? No, I'm okay, just kidding. Like I, I wasn't no, 100%. Get, I love the yeah, kid. Like, I wasn't getting that vibe. I don't know. No, I love the kid. But yeah, going back to Arcia, I mean, yeah, like you said, completely different hitter. I just, I mean, he's not striking out as much as he usually does. I just, it's hard to see what he's changed, but he's definitely changed something. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed is what got him in a lot of trouble and to a lot of ground outs in the past has been he's tried to pull pitches that were supposed to be shot in opposite field. And he still does it every once in a while. Like, it still happens every couple of games, but it's definitely way better than it was um, even a year ago. Um, speaking, just has a better understanding, I think, of how pitches move and how things work. I know he worked this offseason and changed up his like stance and swing a little bit to be a little bit more... Um, I think the goal was to be in the strike zone a little bit longer, to be in the hitting zone longer, so a little bit reminiscent of Christian Yelich's swing. So all around, just, yeah, looks like a completely different guy every I mean, day at the plate. I think it's also safe to say, I mean, he's only 26 still, so he's still like a young player, like finally starting to figure out the MLB game. Um, yeah. Some people might have judged him a little bit too quickly. I mean, he made a debut very young, so, I mean, it's understandable that he struggled a little bit, and now I think hopefully this is the player we get moving forward. Yeah, and I think if you look at his kind of career path, when he came up, he was, like, in his first year, kind of his first half season, he was very successful, um, especially for as young as he was. And I think the biggest issue is that he didn't know how to adjust, and so I think that's one thing that we're starting to see from him, and he's he's making those in-game adjustments, he's making those tiny adjustments that is helping him kind of get out of those big slumps. They're still going to happen, but he's avoiding them by being able to make adjustments um, very quickly. Yeah, I mean, this season he has a OPS plus of 115, which is 25 points higher than his next closest season. He's just been outstanding. Another guy, the literal unsung hero. I don't think anybody... Manny Pena. Oh my gosh. Yeah, what the hell? (laughs) Like, seven-game hitting streak right now. I thought he was just, like, the defensive guru. Like, I mean, also is because he's 6-3 and when he's behind the plate, not excluding his pinch hit appearances. Like... I mean, when are we going to start seeing it? Because, obviously, Narvaez is struggling. When are we going to start seeing Pena take most of the starts? Well, you've seen it. I think he started three out of the four against the Cubs. I could be completely wrong. But... Yeah, he he's is. He's on fire. Yeah, and there is no stopping him, and he's just, he's so fun to watch. He loves the game. You can tell that. Um, I love Pina. I, and the thing is, like, it's it's crazy to think about, because in 2015, when we, like, 2016, 
when we started this whole rebuilding process, like he was one of kind of the first pieces. I feel like, like that was on the team and that was making a difference then. And now he's like still around, like one of the long, like one of the guys that's still from that team, which I think is really cool. he's, He's a veteran. He's a fan favorite. I mean, he's always been like the backup platoon catcher and he's always succeeded in that role. I feel like usually with Pina and whoever you else you have as a starter, you are bound to have one of the best catching duos in the league. Yeah, and he's just so smart. Like, calls a great game um, from behind the plate. Is so smart with the pitchers. Is so good with them. You know, knows each individual pitcher and, like, how to react with them. Like, what to say in mound visits. If there should even be mound visits at all. Like, he's just so good behind the plate. And then it helps when he goes on a seven-game hitting streak. <laughs> and oh, is completely, and like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he threw out two guys on Sunday. I mean, he has an absolute cannon. I love watching him play. Yeah, his pop time is, like, stupid. He reminds me a lot of, defensively, he reminds me of uh, Martin Maltinato. Oh. You remember him? Yeah, I do. He's I also one of wouldn't our have backup. thought of that. He was one of our backup guys, but he is strictly in the league because he is a defensive catcher. Maldonado is, but Pena's a better hitter. Last time I knew he was with the Astros. Yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, he won some of those tainted championships with them. I mean... (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, man, I feel like there's so much going on with that in the Astros. I feel like... And then you see Astro fans, like... They get triggered quick online. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it's like, you have to understand it. Did you see Altuve, I think, last night? Had like an 87 mile an hour pitch, like straight down the middle and completely whiffed. Yeah, well, he didn't know it was coming. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like everybody, because I've been seeing a lot of things where it's like, so many star hitters have been, you know, uh, struggling this year. Like, people put like Yelich and Bellinger, and then they're putting him in it it's like no he just I think he's just an average player who just knew what pitches were coming yeah Maldonado is currently the starter for the Astros really he did win a gold glove Not what year the Astros I was gonna say I don't think it was the Astros yeah I don't think you'll sense. ever guess this uh the team so he won it in 2017 it was a year after he was with the Brewers wasn't he with the Rangers no. Damn it. Orioles? I think with the Ranger. I, no, you're not in the right uh, division. Sorry. Ah. Damn AL it. team, though. So you're close, I guess. Detroit? Nope. Uh, Rays. <laughs> nope. Okay, just tell me. The Angels. Oh, okay. Now I remember. Yeah, you played I forgot. 138 games with them. Jeez. I mean, he wasn't bad. I mean, you win a gold glove. I, I mean, clearly not. I mean, he I started mean, 138 games. He did the Mal- Martin Maldonado thing where he hit 221. I sure. Mean, but he won a gold glove, so what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, all right. And just um, going back to the bottom of the order, just some cumulative, I don't even know why I attempted to say that word because I knew I wasn't going to be able to say it. Some stats. Since Monday the 10th, the three so have hit- Some stats. <laughs> what? Accumulative some stats. <laughs> Toned it down for myself. Hey, that's all right. You worked out this morning. You can do whatever you want. Ah, oh, I love that. I love that energy. All right. Love it. The, the, the three have combined 
for a 4.48 on base percentage and a 5.05 woba. You know how I, I don't know what woba is, and I don't think I'll ever try to understand it. Just think but of it, it as good. like just think about it as like an overall offensive like stat. So like breaking in like how much a single is worth, how much a double is worth, how much a triple is worth, and a base hit and a walk are the like equal the same. And it's essentially slugging, except um, on base is worth 1.7% more than, like, slugging, essentially. Okay, so good numbers. Yeah, yeah, they're really great. <laughs> all right, thanks, Olivia. <laughs> yep, you're welcome. <laughs> but anyways, I think that's all we got for today, unless you got something else to throw out. No, I, I'm just so excited. I just, I love winning. And you love Luis Urias. And you I love well, Luis Urias. So it makes you seem like a genius. Ah. I think we'll make you the de facto leader of the fan club. Oh, I, I appreciate that. I really do. You should be like one of those people that make the Twitter accounts like Luis Urias stan. <laughs> <laughs> you see the Tyler Saladino one? That I yeah, saw I always, yeah. I, that's what made me think of that. I always see the Saladino one. Yeah. Ah. Uh. Great memories Tyler Saladino brought to the Milwaukee Brewers. What Was a guy. <laughs> what a guy. No, Was I feel it? like one of the funniest moments with him was uh, proactive sports is where Christian Yelich and a lot of other guys work out in the offseason. And there was one picture where it was like Bellinger, uh, Yelich, Ryan Braun, Jacob Nottingham, like all these other stars. And then there's Tyler Saladino in the corner. And it's like, what does it fit here? You also said Jacob Nottingham and other stars. I know. Well, he's, like, more well-known, though. I feel like... Is he? No, but I feel like just, like... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I feel like, like he's just a cool guy. Like, he's a guy that you want to hang out with. I guess. Is he still on and the And then Brewers? there's, like, Tyler Saladino. What? Is Nottingham still on the Brewers? Yeah, he's on our taxi squad. Ooh. Yeah, he definitely Ooh, didn't pan out how they thought he was going to be. Definitely not. But hey, cool guy, according to Olivia. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great dude. Fan favorite. Anyways, go follow <laughs> Cream City Central. Go follow Bernie's Bombs on Instagram, Twitter, wherever you can find us. Go share this podcast. Give it a like, a comment, a rate. Do all those fun things. Olivia. Yeah, go check out Home Sweet Ballpark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go go do that. Uh, Bernie's Bombs 15. I have another package coming in the mail from them this week. So, love that for me. Love that. Gotta love free stuff. Oh, it wasn't free. I just got oh. a discount. Oh, I know. I know. Hey, gotta spend money to make money, man. Hey, I'll, I'll probably be getting myself some Sweet Home Ballpark pretty soon, too. There you go. It's Home Sweet Ballpark, by the way. <laughs> no. What did I say? Sweet Home? Yeah. No, you're sponsored, damn it. Honestly, it was pretty close, though. Yeah. No, I'll give it to you. Kind of. If I've been talking for 45 minutes straight, my brain's going to get jumbled every once in a while. Um, Technically, it's 43 minutes. Don't give yourself that much credit. Um, Technically, I'm going to let you go right now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. So we'll see everybody next week. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> Stay safe.